11 o'clock comics episode 40 Since I I told her the story of of what Sal said last week and, and, and Vince's reaction. She's she's starting a support group for people who suffer from David not getting to the fucking point. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a big group. It is. It really all, I can, is. all I can say is that you're you're married to a very strong woman David. <laughs> It's so cute, though. It's so cute. She, she, she fell to her knees when I said, yeah, so Sal apparently was talking about how I never get to the point. <laughs> you know, I take the long way around it, and she's like, oh, my God, somebody else knows my pain. <laughs> I just point out point out everyone yeah. else's odds, you know, that's yeah. what they do best. Bad enough I do it, you know, talking to you guys, we're talking about, like, something specific as far as comic books, but it could be about... Oh man, Any what piece an intro. of trivial shit, and and I know, I know, I wanted to save it for the opening. That's why I didn't talk about it on the forum. I think we've dubbed it David Price's scenic conversation. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's, it's well, very scenic. good. I was gonna say, if he had a superhero name, it would be Captain Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, you know what? I feel bad for you now. See, right. because I know how how close to the heart you hold things and they're just so they're just teasing you don't take them serious all right oh please man <laughs> well, please I mean, don't well take me everybody on the forum oh i felt so bad for david <laughs> but, but my see God, that's his super that someone finally opened his eyes now, that's now, your now superpower though the guilt guilt man <laughs> it's the jew in me what can i say right welcome to see you next it'll be the jew in you. go ahead it'll be jew and me <laughs> right okay welcome to 11 o'clock comics I'm Vince B. Take it away. I'm Christopher Neesman. I am David Price, and I'm not going to say who I was going to be in the whole roundabout thing that I was talking to Vince last night about. Oh, okay. And in case you haven't heard, joining us again this week, two in a row, is Mr. Brian Salazar. Sal to his friends. Yay. What's, What's up, all? Yeah, we had such a good response on the last episode. We said, hey, let's bring him back. Not only because he's just damn good at what he does, but because Mr. Jason Wood could not make it tonight because... A very good reason. His wife done spit out another baby. Yay! Holden... Congratulations, Jace. (laughs) Holden Michael Wood, they named him. His his two brothers, uh, Spankin' and Sportin', are... (laughs) Are very happy that he's a part of the family now. No, Holden from Catcher in the Rye, Holden Caulfield. I think that's it's a, a great. That, that, I have to give credit. That's a that's a Mike Norton joke, by the way. Oh, oh. He 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 accused uh, when he saw that name. He accused Wood of wanting to open up a cottage T-shirt industry with the names of his kids for spring break, or a pack of porn stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, I think it's an awesome name. I wanted to name my child after a literary uh, figure, but uh, she wasn't. Insula? She wasn't feeling horse lover fat, so <laughs> I had to. I had to go with Vinny. <laughs> well, Wood and I. Uh, my son's name is Jackson, and he his, he has a son named Jackson also. But I'm not sure what his is. Uh, his Jackson is named after. Uh, Action Jackson. Yours is Jesse, right? <laughs> or Michael? What What's that? Yours is just after Jesse Jackson, right? <laughs> yes, it's Jesse Jackson, a hero, personal hero of mine. Uh, uh. And yes, no, no, it's not Jesse. It's actually two people. Uh, where I got uh, why I named him Jackson? It was um, Jackson Pollock. I was going to guess that son of a bitch. No kidding. And, no. and, and Shoeless Jackson. And Tito Jackson. <laughs> what? And, no, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Oh, of course. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. You're, you're so. not kidding about the Jackson Pollock? That's no, awesome. not at all. Not That's one of my awesome. Favorite, one that of my is. favorite painters. Wow. Respect. See? Thanks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was gonna, He's yeah, here in spirit. The kid, the kid is three days old, and, and Wood has already taught him how to say respect and heat. <laughs> hey, when you get a boob shoved in your face like four times a day, what a life. Come on. Who cares what your name is? Really? <laughs> call I, me whatever I, you want. I call him Lucky. <laughs> No, Vince, my, yeah, my, one of my favorite painters is Jackson Pollock, and I couldn't tell you why. He's that, one of the few few painters that uh, I don't have an explanation of why I love his... I, like, I don't understand why I love his work so much. Well, it Just, always goes back to Zappa with me. You know, talking about music is like dancing about architecture. How do you explain what that those Jackson Pollock paintings do to you? You, you really can't. Yeah, he's one of the few artists that, that actually does that to me, and I can't really... Cool. Uh, explain it but enough about me never enough about you i have a newfound respect for mr sal i really do <laughs> really yes that's uh, come on jackson pollock hey, hey sal you've seen i haven't seen it. how was the uh it was ed harris that that played jackson pollock in the movie yeah. a couple years yes. ago how was that it was pretty good uh it was it was all right i mean i i love ed harris i think he's a fantastic actor so I'll pretty much watch anything he does, but um, it was it was a project that I'm pretty sure was very close to his heart, and I believe he, I think he directed it too, um, and he's a big Pollock fan, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was good. I thought he was excellent in it. It it took a very um, sort of unapologetic look at his life and uh, you know the unfortunate sort of uh, tragedy that it ended up being. But um, I thought it was a very interesting look at at trying to understand where you know where that style of his came from a bit, without really being able to. You know, mm-hmm. um, I thought it, it attempted to uh, explain it a little bit. Um, but he's an interesting uh, an interesting figure, no doubt. And and yeah, I would. I mean, if you're a Pollock fan, I would say certainly it's worth checking out. Just if nothing else, because of all the all the art that that's displayed in it but uh, so the other thing was he actually um tried to recreate a lot of it in the in the in the film um cuz he's a painter himself and he did a lot of the actual painting in it which is like the weird you know with Pollock it's such a weird thing because it is sort of like anybody could do it um sort of sort but, of well you know yeah. what i mean i mean right. anybody can take a pa- uh, but for him to do it when he did and and you know the sort of breakthrough he had with it because he was, you know, he was doing a lot of things before that and and was mildly successful before sort of his breakout 
and it truly was sort of almost accidental. But oh, there's another there's another documentary um, uh, finding. Is it Finding Pollock um, about a woman like a truck truck driver? I, th- I think Tom's seen it. It's a, a woman who is a truck driver. She stops at a um, like a used resale shop, and she, she wanted to buy a present for a friend she was going to see. And she there was a painting in there, and she bought it. And she had it for a while. Their friend didn't want it because it was horribly ugly. <laughs> and uh, after a while, she was she was going to try and sell it at a garage sale. And a guy that came by who happened to be a local school teacher who was like the art teacher at this local school saw the painting. And he's like, I think this is a Pollock. And she spent, I don't know, like close to a decade trying to get it verified. Um, I think it was a, it was a Pollock or a Picasso. Hmm. Oh, I think it was a Picasso. Was, was it, it a Picasso? It, it may it may have been yeah I think it was a uh, you I were telling right. me about this documentary but, but okay well then it had, it had nothing it had nothing to do with what I was saying then. I thought it, <laughs> I thought it was a Pollock but it, no you're right I think it was a Picasso but that's an interesting it's Finding Picasso I think is the name of it and that's cool. an interesting documentary too cool but, Mr anyway. B shall we, shall, shall we get into the drink roll call well I was just having a good time listening to Sal but yeah I guess <laughs> he's gonna be around for the next hour or so. He'll, um, believe me, he'll have more to say. But we will not talk about Morrison. That is the Oop. stipulation, right? I, I have, yes. No Morrison this episode. Sorry if you were planning on hearing it. Mm. Yeah, no Final can't, Crisis number six tonight. Can't help you out. So, <laughs> although there is a new issue of Sea Guy uh, offered well, in this upcoming, yeah, who, who's that is, written is, Grant wait, Morrison is is uh, is Cameron Sorry. Stewart going to be drawing it? I think so. Yeah, nice. Right. Yeah, he's All a right. guy I've really come to appreciate his work over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He, he hasn't done much, but what he's done, I, I really like Cameron Stewart's stuff. He did yeah. uh, um, the the other side with Jason Aaron, and you know another another Grant Morrison on top of Sea Guy. He did um, with the the Guardian um, miniseries for Seven Soldiers, right? Right, it's good stuff. Well, uh, Mister Mister B, what are you drinking this evening? Lord Chesterfield Ale, followed by the Black and Tan. I'm sorry. Creature of Habit. Don't apologize. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Price? I'm actually drinking a uh, Yingling Original Black and Tan. All right, brother. Bump bump my fist. No, we we can... We can allow one of them, but not two. You guys, it's like going out wearing the same fucking shirt. If it makes you, know? you feel better, we've done it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the around comics monkey crew. The uh, the the black and tan. I'm not a big fan of the uh, of the dark or the bottom of the barrel stuff. So, I'm not really feeling this. I uh, I picked it up because it was on sale and and it was cheaper than wine and and the whiskey that I wanted to get. So I went. The cheap route, and uh, I should have went with the regular. There you go, I, David. I'm not David a big beer drinker anyway, so David doesn't like the cheap Yingling lager or okay. Yingling or the <laughs> cheap Yingling whatever it is. Well, I, we've got to get out there and try some of this stuff. It's I am so curious as to what this beer is like now. It's you'll be it, underwhelmed. Let me tell it, you, it, haunt, it haunts me now, um, <laughs> Mister uh, Mister Salazar. How about you? Um, I'm drinking uh, Crown Royal and Ginger Ale. Ooh, I like nice. that. Nice. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to mention that it is actually the movie I was talking about was Jackson Pollock. It's Who the Blank is Jackson Pollock. Is oh, the, the, the documentary? Yeah, sorry. I, did, I just wanted to get that in there so that I wasn't a complete idiot. So, so see, yeah, you, you were on Mark. 
I was. Yeah. Cool. Nice. We could um, run it as a double feature with what the bleep do we know? Yeah. And have just like <laughs> exactly. a hell of a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Ginger ale Sorry. is my is my second favorite mixer with bourbon. By the way, I mean you're drinking wussy Canadian whiskey, but mm-hmm. um, a ginger yeah. ale. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I always I always feel bad when I drink it too because I think I'm just not quite the man Chris is when he drinks bourbon. <laughs> So it comes to mind, but I do it. My anyway. wife, my wife just poked her head in, and said, "That's a lie." What is my second favorite mixer for bourbon? Ice. Oh, squirt. Yeah, she said squirt. So is that ice. <laughs> ice. Yeah, actually, probably more, more bourbon. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, Marta said the gentle shaking of the glass is my favorite mixer. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, did I? I was drinking the Great Lakes um, Dortmunder Gold last week, right? I think so. All right, this week I'm going for the uh, the Great Lakes Brewing Company Hat Trick. Uh, this is one of those bottom of the barrel uh, thick uh, porters that uh, that David probably wouldn't like. It is their Edmund Fitzgerald, which is wow. a, a it is a delicious handcrafted porter and uh, it's good if you uh, if you like listening to uh, um, great storytelling songs of the 1970s and you can get wrecked on that beer <laughs> mm-hmm. yes you can get wrecked on on Edmunds Fitzgerald that's very good oh, we are so witty on this show I'll tell you <laughs> Be- before we get into the uh, the festivities I got two things I want to push number one Andy Jewett where are you at where is he we haven't seen Andy Jewett in a long time on the forum he told me he was coming to the Windy City show this year, so I yeah, know he's out there. That's important. I, I have gotten an email, but I think he's he's uh, um, super busy right now. Well, that's good. But we we he should take two minutes out of the day and come in uh, to the forum and say, "Here I is, here I am." I was talking okay. on Facebook the other day. Really? Yeah, he he. I was on Facebook doing something, and he uh, chatted me up for a little while. Uh-huh. I believe he's uh, he's busy with a new. Uh, a new project or something he's working on, so that's probably why. Cool. Good for him. Still, we miss him. Number two, or B, go to the PictureBox site, PictureBoxinc.com. That's PictureBoxinc.com. Dan Nadell is having a huge sale over there. The Gary Panner collection, the two-volume uh, slipcase, beautiful piece of artwork itself, that I paid 60-some bucks for, list price for 90-some bucks, $30 on sale for two weeks only. Get your ass over to Picture Box. They have awesome books, Power Masters, uh, a lot of Japanese imports, uh, the Brian Chippendale's Maggots, which should be in everybody's library. Don't laugh. It's awesome. Uh, so just do yourself a favor. Go over to Picture Box. Everything's discounted. All the books in the store are discounted. Go over and do it because after the shit diamond pulled earlier in the week, these guys are <laughs> going to be hurting something fierce. Go evil, uh, evil diamond. They are evil. Dude, that's that's not gonna it's not gonna hurt them that bad. Oh, Dan basically said he's fucked. He basically said anything that he listed in previews, he will never be able to list similar items because he cannot pull those kind of numbers in. Well, he doesn't need to be selling through diamond then. They closed their, their New York City storefront. They had a, a walk-in store for the Picture Box books, closed it. It was actually in front of the offices, but whatever. Go to Picture Box. Get some books. PictureBoxInc.com. Great stuff. Okay, I'm done. No. It's, it's some, one of, there, were, there was one of those names that we were talking about at lunch today, Sal. Did you catch it? One of the names? Yeah. 
Remember oh, yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, what was the name? <laughs> we we were, we were talking about uh, being on tonight, and I was uh, he was, so I was like, I'm just not going to even mention Morrison. I was like, yep, there's three names that you can't mention to Vince. Or <laughs> yeah, Gary Panner's the other one, and <laughs> Jack Kirby's the third. <laughs> I'm not I'm not dumb, guys. <laughs> I know I have a tendency to get all all foaming at the mouth whenever you mention those dudes. You love it. Do you read the uh, the Jack Kirby collectors that Tomorrow's puts out? I buy them, but to tell you the truth, I don't read them. <laughs> Why do you have them then? I, because it's it's Kirby and it's oversized artwork, and I get to to get a little glimpse into the the creation process and to see what his pencils look like but i you know all of the tomorrow's books that's why i stopped buying like alter ego and draw and all those things i never get around to reading them but yeah, I, well, I, they're I, dense they're not yeah I mean, they're really dense. yeah tons of tons of uh stuff in them so yeah but the kirby one i can't help but buy it's good what i love about that and you mentioned is the 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 pencils seeing seeing kirby's um pencils before the before the inks hit him you're like wow oh yeah look at all that vince coletta uh <laughs> that's what i was waiting for. yeah i was gonna say man coletta just destroyed a lot of his stuff uh, yep. but uh, it destroyed a lot of people yeah i find it obnoxious that gary painter named himself after no i'm just <laughs> i'm just kidding there will be no war this week my friend i'm just but I, <laughs> It is I'm fun, chilling. Vince. You can't deny it. You enjoy it as much as I do. So. Oh, I do. I do. But I just don't want people to think that we're at each other's throat. This is the week that David and I fight. <laughs> oh, fight. God. Yeah. I got emails like people saying, you know, oh, you did such a good job. I know you wanted to tell Vince this and that. And, the other. and I'm like, I never wanted to tell. I mean, I was never upset with Vince. We right. talk. We're adults. We can That's actually right. have a conversation and disagree. <laughs> No, you know, you get into some kind of argument sometimes, and and the uh, instinct behind it is, I will bury you. That's never in my mind whenever I talk to Sal. In you, Bonavolia. I, I couldn't bury him if I if I tried. That's that's the you know we're two two peas in a pod. Yes, he's the better looking pea. Hey there, good buddies. This is cousin Dick from out here in the Boondocks. I just love your podcast. And I love the last one where our pal Sal took on Vince on about all things Final Crisis and Grant Morrison. I couldn't agree with Sal more completely that Grant Morrison is just full of hot air. Let's face it, the dumb communists have taken over DC Comics again. Sales are down, let's have a crisis. You know, I used to like that Morrison feller on JLA, Animal Man. Those were the good old days. But with Rest in Peace and Final Crisis, how come I need old Timothy Callahan over there to write me an annotation so I can figure out what's going on? I mean, I've been reading DC Comics since 1969, and I'm lost in the wilderness. How can new readers make sense of Final Crisis when Wonder Woman looks like a wild boar pig? Mary Marvel looks like she stepped out of a breaking two electric boogaloo. No, thank you, Mr. Dan DeDio. I'm going to stick with Brian Michael Bendis on the Avengers. I'm going to stick with Ms. Marvel. You know what? I just can't agree with anybody who likes Final Crisis. I'm totally baffled, totally confused. I can't see that there's going to be any big reboot of the universe. They're solicitating Flash, Rebirth, 
How is it going to be reborn if it's a new universe, Vince? People are going to remember the old history. Oh, well, I just can't wait for your next podcast. There's nothing more than I love than hearing Vince take on the entire world. Well, I better go. Don't forget to rotate your tires every 5,000 miles. 10-4, this is Cousin Dick signing off. Let's talk about some comics here. Uh, oh, boy. I picked, up, uh, I picked up the Camelot 3000 Deluxe Edition oh, after go. hearing so many uh, so many people talk well about it. It's a, it's a series I had never uh, read when it originally came out. Uh, I must confess, and it's one of those, uh, you know, the legendary works that you have never read. I've never read Camelot 3000. I never read it in its entirety. It was right there. I think, you know, I'm... I'm thinking back to the time when it came out, and that was was that about the time that you had stuff like Mage was hitting the stands? Was that about the same time? I think it was before that. Was it before that? Yeah, it was that. You know, but that that was that was one of those one of those titles that was very adult themed for for the time, and was one of the you know the cool comics to to read. And I remember it being out there. I remember reading some of it. I haven't I haven't reread it since, but uh, um, the hardcover looks looks gorgeous. It's uh, is it all? It's recolored, right, Sal? Remastered. Um, I don't know for a fact, but I would guess that yes, it is. It, it certainly looks as if it were recolored, but it's um, uh, it's not. There's not a dramatic change to it. Actually, it may not be recolored. Quite honestly, it 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 may be fixed somewhat, but mm-hmm. I mean the colors are pretty flat. Um, they certainly didn't go in and try and add any you know uh, modern coloring technique to it. It's it's. Um, it looks like it's straight out of when it, it was of printed the, of the era, you know. Cause yeah, that, a couple of things I've heard about it is you know it was it was one of those first twelve issue maxi series that 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 started to come out in in, in the eighties, and so it kind of pioneered that. But it was also one of the first books that was uh, pretty well remembered as having um, extremely long delays between issues. It was yeah. It, yeah, it was it was one of those that it didn't come out in twelve months. Yeah, and and Mark, Mike Barr actually talks about it in his uh, uh, in the opening of it. He 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 has a pretty long, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Dong. <laughs> introduction. <laughs> I was Sorry. He has a pretty long introduction in the beginning of of the book, and he uh, he talks about the the fact that he um, he really wanted to give uh, Brian Bolin much more time. Than was allowed, and they he suggested that that it was going to be, or he suggested that it should be like a bi-monthly book, uh, but they they turned them down, and and then they ran into production problems because uh, they couldn't get it, you know, in fast enough, and Boland just you know wasn't a fast enough penciler to try and to get it in, you know, as quickly as they needed it to get inked and everything, and he, he I think he had inked most of his stuff before that, so he wasn't even really used to that either. But, He's too meticulous. That's his problem. Well, yeah. I mean, that was really it. He wasn't used to a monthly schedule. I mean, he mm-hmm. had worked for 2000 AD and done stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, Bar Bar talks about how he wanted them to. Actually, I think it wasn't he wanted to be bi monthly. He wanted it they, to the to stockpile um, like a half a dozen issues before, before they, they even started, yeah yeah before they released the first one, and uh, they didn't do that. So 
Yeah, it's all so the, it's all there. It's all there now. So mm. it is definitely uh, there. I think it's a really the, interesting concept. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. from what I've heard. Oh, you should read it, Vince. I think you would dig on it. I'm, I, I probably would, but um, from what I can remember, and David is going to have to uh, clarify for me, wasn't uh, Andy Helfer and Kyle Baker's Shadow coming out around the same time? I do believe so. And uh, the question. Yeah, that would have been about the, that time. Dennis Cowan and the, uh, yeah, Denny, uh, Denny O'Neill. O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, with, with the Sienkiewicz ink covers. They were uh, they were all upscale books with the the what do they call? Yeah, them? they were Mando? buck fifty. They they Baxter paper kind of thing. Baxter yeah. paper. <laughs> it's yeah. a really expensive dollar fifty. Copy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you had books like Atari Force and Justice League for like you know, sixty cents or sixty five cents, yeah, buck fifty was uh, that was that was the high scale stuff. Atari Force was really good. Oh, I loved it. Jose, Jose Garcia Lopez, man. Jose Garcia Lopez, yeah. Oh, and you know what? While Sal was talking about the coloring or whether it was remastered or not, uh, what was the name of the Nova book that just came out? Nova Origin? The Origin of Rick uh, Ryder. Right. I took a look at that. The uh, They completely recolored John Basima's pencils for the first issue of Nova. It looks outstanding. Have you guys seen it? No, not yet. Oh, gorgeous. Continuous tone uh, through, I mean, it's not just flat color. They really amped it up, and it looks beautiful. I didn't know who, don't know who did the coloring because I was just paging through it, and I didn't want to linger. But uh, the art looks great. It's really good. Well, I would say on this, they probably didn't recolor it because when it came out, it was, they had actually, it was the first direct-to-market book, and they had launched it as a premiere book with the nicer paper and, and that, so... Mm-hmm. I think they may be. I don't know. It's hard to say on this because it certainly doesn't look like, but the coloring's nice on it. I mean, there's certainly, you know, some nice usage of uh, foreground and background coloring and 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 trying to put some shade into it. But I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say whether or not it was recolored. My my instinct is to say no. It, it, what was what was the first direct market book? Was this was Camelot three? Yeah, okay, that, okay, that 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 was the first one that did not go to newsstands. Didn't go to Drugstores or Seven Elevens, it was direct market. Really? Yes. I thought it was well, Dazzler. I thought it was Swamp Thing. Well, let me. Uh, I could actually, um, if you'd like, I could uh, read it. You could. <laughs> if you give me a second to find it, I know it's in here somewhere. Wow, like, that's... Then I know it was about that about that time that uh, you know it's kind of like you know the the first record that it was you know CD only. There was no vinyl and whatnot. Kind of kind of <laughs> that that kind of weird you know that that. You know that weird little footnote that you know this is the first one that you know was direct market only. Um, bu- 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 I'm trying to find it. Little did they it. know it was the beginning of the end. Sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Well, while well, he's looking for that, I've got uh, now that we're kind of talking about you know old uh, '70s and '80s comics. Uh, I told uh, I was telling Sal to, um, the last day at work, and I actually mentioned it to you, Vince. I uh, I ordered. Uh, on uh, Suntress's recommendation, the Manhunter collection, and this is from the uh, this is the uh, Archie Goodwin Walt Simonson oh, Simonson stuff. Yeah, yeah. nineteen seventy three. Um, they were, I believe, six or seven. I believe, uh, yeah, six backups in Detective yep. Comics mm-hmm. and Legend of the Dark Knight. That uh, that were that were Manhunter stories written by Archie Goodwin, um, art by a very I think very young, very new to the comics industry, Walt Simonson, and it 
still holds up. It is yeah. so good. I've had so much fun reading it over the last couple of days. And I think it is it is definitely out of print now, but there are there are plenty of them on like the Amazon marketplace and I'm I'm sure that you can find it at any convention that you go to. But you know, Manhunter still holds up today and it is it is really a fun story. And it's been uh, it's been really cool to go back and read that because that is one that I do remember reading from uh, from whenever I was you know twelve thirteen fourteen years old. And I have to agree with Suntras about the uh, decision to leave the last chapter wordless. Yeah, that, that was a real nice tip of the hat to Archie because he had passed on before yeah. he got a chance to dialogue that. Yep, Which, and it's uh, uh, it's kind of like the the GI Joe silent issue. It's uh, um, gone off of uh, Simonson and Goodwin's plot, but yeah, Archie had passed away before he could script it. Uh, I may have been wrong. It, it, I think it was DC's first uh, ongoing title to be sold ex- uh, exclusively through the the direct market. So I don't know if it was the first, but according to Mike Barr in this introduction, it was DC's first. Wow! If, if you guys had to guess. What was the first direct market book? Uh, not just Marvel DC, the first entire... Like Star Reach or something like that? Like was it Star Reach? Yeah, because that predates Cerebus. Because Dave Sim had some stuff in Star Reach, right? I'm, I'm I think pretty sure. I mean, yeah, a lot of all well, I know Howard Shaken did. Uh, yeah, a lot of people did. Mm, that's a good I, I mean, I, I take a guess. I mean, not, not looking anything up or, or doing any research, I'm going to guess something like Star Reach. Because that would have to predate... I want to say Pacific Comics because I remember Darklon, but Darklon the Mystic. That's old, right. <laughs> he'll break you in half, Mister Starlin. <laughs> of course it was. Starlin. That's you know I I'd seen I'd seen another uh, actually an artist commission. I was I was looking at some commission stuff this week, and there was an awesome Rom Space Knight commission. And I was like, oh. it is the time has come that Marvel needs to go and and buy the rights back from. Mattel and for them to not be able to to reprint the ROM stuff is I, you know I, I want my ROM Space Knight back. You're right. If 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 Casada is instrumental in getting ROM back to Marvel, I will personally show up at his office door with a bucket of KFC and a pizza every single day. <laughs> All is forgiven. Yes. Can you imagine a ROM masterwork? Like the first twenty five oh. issues, it'll be so, we, all that Aiken and Garvey. Oh my God, it was so good Ooh. on top of Salbasima. Is, is that stuff still fairly accessible at conventions? Can, yeah, can you get most of that stuff? Yeah, is it is and, it not too expensive? No, I only think the one that was ever really expensive didn't Gene Day draw an issue. Dave? I believe he did. Yeah, David. Yeah. David. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I believe. Yeah, I believe he did. I mean, I know Steve Ditko. Did, yep. did a few issues. Um, there was a two-issue X-Men appearance that used to go for decent money back of the day. Probably today, you know, a buck and a half, two bucks a piece, I would that's say. That's like the right? Deadpool crossover issue with Black Panther. It's like one issue that I can't get because everybody's always jacking the price up on that. It's like Cable 63. Every every one of the Ladron Joe Casey cable issues are like, Two dollars for some reason. That one is like six to eight bucks if you can find it, just because it has the first appearance of Strife in it. Who's coming Ooh. back, by the way? Good old Strife. How many? How many issues did Rom run? Seventy-five. There you go. Wow. And an, and an annual or three? Two at three annuals. Okay. One one with the with Captain Universe in it. Yep. 
Yeah. That's right. I'm thinking that, that that's the Dicko connection, I'm thinking. Now, before you jump into Romhead first, you got to understand it's hokey stuff. It's <laughs> really hokey stuff. Yeah. But it, it's one of those... It, uh, Starship Troopers. You, you just sit back and enjoy the spectacle. That's all. You there is a website, and I don't <laughs> know if I should call it fan fiction or not. It's it's do it. It's somebody. I got. I'll find the link. I'll look for it. Yeah, we can add it to the show notes or something. But homeboy, it's I, bizarre. I stuff. think. I think it's a guy. Is basically announcing his love for Rom and he he illustrates this dream that he had where Rom rescued him and or her and and it was just I I was just I was in awe just reading this thing and and I'll have to find it again and it was it was scary and and um yet and I cannot was, look away yeah I know it's, it's, <laughs> Sal uh, didn't yeah. didn't uh didn't Chris Somney do uh a, a Rom space night for for one of us a couple years ago or so. Uh, yes, he did. For I don't know who he did it for. I can't remember. Uh, it Tom or I can't. No, I think it was somebody else. Somebody else on the show, but I don't remember. Chris Somney also did a commandy for someone too. That was with an OMAC. That was really good. Oh, did he now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Chris does is good. You're not kidding. Yeah, love it. He's gonna be. He's gonna be at the Windy City show this year. <laughs> And when, when will I'm that take that place? In there. I'm just no throwing way. that in there. September, Dude. September 19th. Awesome. And I know, and and get the. I know that Chris listens um, because I, he just did a project at Marvel, and I sent him an email, and I was like, Chris, I had no idea you were doing this. Um, why didn't you send me an email? Let me know. We would have talked about it on the show. And he's like, Well, it's a 3.99 book, and I know how upset that makes you. So I didn't. Oh. Like, <laughs> like well, I would have at least mentioned it, man. So. Yeah, so uh-huh. he he just I forget uh, it was one of the the Marvel's doing some uh, some horror titles now, um, crap, and I I can't remember the, the Dead the name of Night of featuring you know like Devil yes. Slayer and, and things that, like that's that. That's what he did. He did, he did the Devil. Slayer. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, four issues of it, and it worked. I mean, it was awesome stuff. But but uh, that and it was it's under the max line, so I can understand the three ninety nine price tag back before. Three ninety nine was getting to be more commonplace. So, as as far as um like old school books, these aren't old, but it it, it um takes me back to those days because I know Vince and I love talking about anthologies and how it would be great if uh, publishers just took a bunch of their maybe not even their lesser selling titles, but just gave you a nice thick book of a bunch of stories featuring you know like like he said. A few months ago, what was it like? Nightwing, Robin, Birds of Prey put them in one book with like a Batman story to, to anchor it or something like that. And I have been having a hell of a lot of fun with the uh, with the Amazing Spider-Man family books and uh, and the recent Hulk family. Yeah, they looked really good. The Hulk family's got got a scar issue. It's got uh, the daughter of Hulk because he needs a family now. Uh, it's got a wait, really. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm sorry, daughter of Hulk. Who, yes. From who? Apparently, this child, this woman, is a uh, is the test tube baby of uh, oh, Hulk geez. and uh, and Thundra. <laughs> oh, so is that the one that actually looks like she's going to be in the new She Hulk book, right? Yeah, I believe that's going to be the Savage She Hulk. Wow, book. that's crazy. And and they're saying that Scorpion might also be a, an offspring of uh, of the Hulk or Bruce Banner. Um, Not the Amazing Spider-Man Scorpion. No, not 
not the dude with the tail, not not Matt Gargan. Um, the uh, the woman who I think was in uh, was it Amazing Fantasy when they brought that back for a couple of issues. Oh, okay, all right, that's pretty neat. Her uh, she's she, she's Italian. She uh, her left hand, I guess, is is a poisonous touch. But right. um, th- there's a story that takes place immediately following World War Hulk. So she's following one of Shield's convoys where uh, where they're taking Banner to an army base and that was a uh that was a neat story that the main story was a uh was a feature of uh starring both joe Fixit and she hulk she hulk is in vegas for her uh berkeley reunion and uh joe Fixit walks by and he tells her you know i'm not who you think i am and i i think they introduced two mutants in this story so that she hulk and and joe could fight these two guys but uh, or this this couple um but the amazing spider-man books you have you know it's the only place where vince will be able to get may stories but they're really they, they're todd it's not so much may well the first three issues that they, they, they didn't it was may as a toddler it was basically mr and mrs spider-man it's uh it's after aunt may has died they're pretty much staying with uh with mj's aunt anna and uh so may's maybe a few months old and uh it's it's i guess peter and mary jane it is good it is it is real good you know it's it's the time where uh peter was going to hang up the red and blues and uh and stay a family man but things happen and mary jane supports his decision and kind of pushes him towards the, the fact that uh you know it's it's who he is with great power so he can't he can't really just Hang up the webs for good, but I mean the main stories. They're, they're just you have. I mean, J. M. De Mateus is is has written a story. John Arcudi has written a story. Um, they, they they have some pretty pretty swank artists and and writers writing these stories. And I mean, if granted you don't, it's a Spider-Man book, so chances are it's going to sell anyway. I would love to see them mash up the the Avengers books and put that in one book and. Yeah. You know things like that, but I'm I'm all for anthologies. You know the, the the argument is that anthology books don't sell, and I think I find that really hard to believe when you have what I consider to be my favorite, my all-time favorite anthology. Now I don't consider the Warren books to be anthologies, even though they were. You know those were comic magazines. My favorite comic anthology of all time is Dark Horse Presents. Now, yep. how long? Did, how long did that sucker last? One hundred and fifty-eight, sixty-eight issues. I mean, it lasted forever. Three stories Some, in an issue. Yeah, most, somebody was most of them, them serialized. Oh hell yeah! And they even had the big thick. Uh, was it tenth anniversary? Which pretty much kicked off the Sin City serial. That and, was the fifth uh, anniversary. Was it? Yeah, it had mm-hmm. to be. Um, yeah, but I remember. I remember getting that. I I, I loved. Dark Horse Presents. Well, you had Martha Washington, Aliens, Concrete, Predator, uh, Sin City, Concrete, Brian Talbot stuff. The, 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 the stuff that went through Dark Horse Presents is legendary. I think Sal likes the DHP, right, Sal? Uh, I have a, a bunch of uh, DHP uh, issues, uh, mostly the Hellboy stuff and Sin mm-hmm. City originals. How can we forget about Hellboy? Yeah. Hellboy's yeah. in the city. That started Eddie, Eddie Campbell's Eyeball Kid, which is awesome. The, the Bacchus stuff, I think, popped up in, in Dark Horse Presents. It's a great, great anthology. and that, I mean, that lasted forever. Maybe Mike Richardson knows something that Marvel and DC don't, but I, I, for, I just wish Marvel would just 
I mean, Marvel Comics Presents, they didn't really even try. No, not this it, it, it was just like, let's just see what works. And and what is this new one that's coming out? Is it Astonishing Tales? Yeah, I want to say, yeah. The one with the uh, Madame Mirage, uh, Michael Roquefort. Is yeah. that his name? Kenneth Roquefort. Kenneth Roquefort, yeah. The the covers, which the, the, la- the latest one with uh, uh, Tony and Spider-Woman, Look at My Ass, is really nice. <laughs> well, you know, Marvel uh, finally seems to have gotten their act together when it comes to annuals. For years, it seemed like annuals were a, mm-hmm. a place where they threw, you know, uh, little worked or, or little known artists and writers to kind of do stuff uh, to give them a start. And, and a lot of times the annuals weren't very good, but you know, in recent years, the annuals have been, for the most part, really good at Marvel. Yeah. So maybe maybe they'll start doing the same thing with, with these anthology books that they're trying out. Uh, I agree. I think the antho- the uh, annuals have been far better than even some of the regular issues. Look at the Thor. We can't oh, really call them no, annuals. Those are you like, can call yeah, those them quarterlies shots. or bimonthlies or whatever. But 64 pages for, what, three ninety nine or four ninety nine? It's money in the bank, especially when, when you got guys like Dan Brereton in there. Mm-hmm. And, and Mike Allred, and with a nod there. to Walt Simonson. Yeah, the uh, a couple years ago there was an X Men annual which tied into Mike Harry's run with uh, with Exodus trying to, um, and it, it it dealt with uh, North Star and Aurora and and Rogue and Mystique, and and so it was it was part of the Supernova storyline. But if you if you didn't read the annual, it wasn't like this issue continues into the annual like it was just a very and same thing with the uh, amazing spider-man oh. annual from late last year yeah i where, have where, that uh, with with jack Spence, yeah with our by mark brooks right. um the the spidey annual gives you the secret of jackpot which they haven't touched on in uh in the regular issues so if you read it great you find out what happened and it even ties into guggenheim and uh and umberto ramos's run on wolverine from a couple of years ago right. um you know, if you read it, great. It it was it was a it was a funky story. It had real nice Mike McCone artwork, whose whose Spidey kind of reminds me of a little bit of. Uh, I see some Gil Kane there, but that could just be me. Uh, but if if, <laughs> if if you read it, great. If uh, if you didn't, okay, so fine. So you know, you're not a big Jackpot fan or whatever. But now a lot of us know that did read it. What the whole Sarah Eret deal is, and it was it was a real cool issue. So. I agree with Sal. You know, they the Marvel Marvel annuals have turned a corner. Really, they used to be um, the Marvel tryout book under a different name. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> there'd be like an eighteen-page story and then some backup direct. With the exception of the New Mutants annual, which was <sighs> always, always across the board stellar every year. I would wait for that thing to come out, just because you know. The, the day it was published, Art Adams started drawing next year's because it took them that long. <laughs> well, I have a couple of uh, Alan Davis and Paul Neary did did, right. did one or two. But yeah, Art, Art did a lot of the New Mutants ones and, the um, and of course, the Uncanny ones with X-Babies and things like that. But yeah, between Art Adams and Alan Davis, I, I think they... They pretty much own the mutant annuals for a while. But you have to admit, for a lot of years, Marvel did abuse the format, especially with the X-Books. Remember? Um, Extinction I, I Agenda? Yes. And then you had the, the triple fold-out cardstock cover. I think it was X-Men 100 and Cable 50 or something like that. Or You know, they all had the, the fold-out cover where, mm-hmm. with all the heroes. Like, what? 
how can you expect the your your buying public to to absorb that cost when they're buying all your other books at the same time? It just I don't know. Not by DC. Maybe that was the plan. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, Vince, David, Chris, Wood. It's uh, Temper again, Matt Burden. I tell you, me and me and Daryl, Daryl and me. It feels like we're playing telephone tennis. Fuck it. It, it, every week, you know, if it gets too much, Vince, just drop me an email and say, stop, you know, um, but it's our way to vent, you know, um, non-comic related this week. I had, um, a bit of an Xbox experience, um, last night, Gears of War 2, Gears of War 1 scared the living hell out of me, um, because I think it was like the first time I'd ever gone online and played against people, um, and I kind of wasn't very good. You know, maybe I might have been responsible for some deaths of fellow teammates and, and I would get bumped <laughs> pretty pretty quickly. Um, so I tried out Gears of War 2 yesterday, put on the he- headset of, of geekdom and um, proceeded to start to play. At which point, it was quite evident that the other team um, were much better than us and started whooping and hollering like it was deliverance the video game seriously um it was it was like being in prison but with aliens and guns it was all you could hear across the the chatter was we're gonna get you boy we're coming to get you rookie we're gonna slice and dice which is scary (laughs) and the thing is little british fellas who aren't from the north and don't have accents and don't sound like they could cut you like me um our retort is usually something like, hey, that's original, an American with a gun, or something like that, which doesn't go down well, because usually I just get told that some, you know, my mum's going to get molested with a bayonet um, or something. But the retort I got last night, I believe I was playing Xbox against either Tom Caters or Scotty Young, because when I piped up and said, ha-ha, yeah, very funny, um, what I got back was hey, why don't you go make yourself a cup of tea? In that kind of Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Mary Poppins kind of way. What lovely muffins you've got, Harry Potter. Which I believe was, you know, is a, is a Caters original. So copyright, Tom Caters. But I believe I was playing Xbox last night against one of those guys because it was uncanny. And the thing was, what did I say back? I may well have gone, Tom? At which point he then told me he was going to skull fuck me with his bayonet, and then he uh, cut me in half with his chainsaw. So, but yeah, you know, if Tom, if I was playing against you last night, you sound a lot different when you're not doing the British accent, and and some of the things you said hurt me a lot. Um, Scotty, you know, if you were the one that cut me in half with a with a chainsaw, that's fine because I love you, you know, and um, Wizard of Oz, baby. Anyway, I just thought I'd share. Um, Daryl, fuck it. Your mention mentioning Alan Davis reminds me of something that I'm I'm really excited that uh, uh, Marvel is is reprinting the uh, the Captain Britain omnibus coming out mm-hmm. with all the the Alan Moore stuff. Even though I I hope they um, <laughs> they get it right this time. Well, it, that, <laughs> I I hope that uh, I hope that the pricing is going to be, I haven't seen what it's going to cost 
or how many issues uh, are going to make uh, make up the omnibus. But their pricing on on some of their hardbound collected editions starting to freak me out a little bit. It's, uh, me too. Yeah, the the Secret Wars twelve uh, issue Secret Wars should never have cost a hundred dollars. So no, I mean unless they were looking at who they were going to. Um you know, it's not even like it was Secret Wars 2 where you had a lot more people that you probably have to pay royalties to. I mean, here is just Jim Shooter, Mike Zeck, Bob Layton, yeah. John Beatty. I mean, I there weren't a whole lot of people involved in the uh, in the original 12-issue. Yeah, so... Yeah. But, I, you know, let, let's be fair. If you're going to be uh, pointing fingers, you can point one at DC, too, for this recent recently announced... Promethea, Volume One, absolutely. Yeah, I heard about that. Twelve issues for a hundred bucks. Granted, the material is very much worth it, but in terms of actual physical production costs, there's no way that book costs a hundred dollars to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're just trying to probably <laughs> milk the uh, the Alan Moore. Yeah, uh, as long as on that. Can. I mean, they yeah. figure Alan Moore with Watchmen coming out this year. It's you know anything with his name, it's going to be hot. So they figure. Uh, they put from the writer of Watchmen on the front cover of that. Uh, absolute, and there's going to be heads rolling. That, that's, <laughs> that's wrong. They, uh, well, unfortunately, Alan can't do a whole lot about it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. but he can uh, bitch about it, though. Oh, oh his, yeah. uh, we'll be here to hear it. Yep, new stuff coming out from Top Shelf this year I'm looking forward to. Oh, me too. It'll be fun. Hey, for, for people who want to... Top Shelf and... Um, Avatar. He's got a couple books coming out from no Avatar, shit. too. Yeah. yeah. Avatar's become like the English writers, just a haven. Um, They're good. Yeah, they are. The um, when, when when I see people talk about the increasing price of, of trades, and I, I have to wonder, what what were people thinking when, for a long time now, people have been saying, well, I'm waiting for the trade, or I'll read it in the trade, but yet, so now the trades are coming. The publishers may not have made as much money in the single issues and the thing I look at most when it comes to collected editions there's no ads so where else are the publishers going to make their money from oh I was going to say are you talking about uh, collected editions of older material that they've not already even, made their money not even just no just even even like uh, you know, I don't know maybe secret invasion no just just trade your, collections yeah of, like your average Marvel trade which comes out you know within a month after a, a yeah. storyline Finish. Well, they've you know, already like, made the money on advertising once. They're gonna, you know. But the pricing is is going up on trades on on some trades that I see. Like like if a trade used to cost you nineteen ninety nine, now it might they might be releasing with the same page count for like twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four. Yeah. Right. Right. So if, I, I think what what you're trying to get at is because the print runs seem to be going down. Like Wood mentioned last week, Amazing only sells seventy some thousand copies. That that's insane to me. But uh, the fact that the, the, the trades for Amazing go up may be recouping some of that extra revenue that would have been generated had Amazing been selling the way it was like five years ago, right? Right. Four, you know. Well, that, you know, going back to what you sort of opened the show with about um, Diamond and, and them upping their minimums, you know, that's going to, I think, force smaller publishers to think more about graphic novels instead of single issues, too. So. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's all sort of it's all sort of going towards towards more trades and I think unfortunately for a lot of comic shops it's going to eventually get to the point where single issues are maybe in the minority of what's being bought. Yeah. I mean with increasing prices of single issues and 
and and just the I think artistically, uh, you're you know you already see most series being written in six issue arcs anyway, so uh, I think it's sort of is going in that direction both financially and and creatively to some degree. Yeah, you're right. I don't know about the other guys, but uh, I say the yay for trades only. That'd be awesome if we could just stop with this uh, uh, every month floppy bullshit and just put them out in trades. <laughs> I got no problem with that. No. I, I I do like my single issues, but there are times where, like, uh, <laughs> like when... Uh, I still love my singles. I do, but... <laughs> okay, a perfect example would be uh, I recently finally got around to reading now that issue 29 came out today Justice League of America 27 and right. as much as I love Dwayne McDuffie this issue did, to me this really kind of was all over the place we got a couple of pages like I said with Roy and Kendra we uh, we see Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman in the lounge with Black Canary addressing them and we hear about Dr. Irons, but we never see Steel at all in this issue. We we, that was we have an a couple awesome of awesome segue, by the way. That was a beautiful segue. Hey man, um, <laughs> so you just it it was just it was an issue where I mean it, you know we got a lot of the milestone characters, which is great because that was the point of it. But you know, Vixen and Animal Man. I mean, it and I think Black Canary he used her to tie some of the threads. But it just felt like it was jumping all over the place in this one issue in these 22 pages that I, I feel that when this storyline is done, that it will just read a hell of a lot better when it's collected. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I, just I, kind I of a clearing, clearing the decks kind of kind of issue, just kind of getting all the pieces in place. For the, for the next which issue. which normally works if like if it's an epilogue issue, but this this wasn't. This wasn't created as that. This was the first part of something. So if he had more room, then then yeah, I could see. But I mean, for just just this one issue, there wasn't the format didn't didn't work for him. I, I got a question for David here because he is the man that knows all things Marvel. Would you have kind of a uh, Marvel uh, Marvel noise? Um, uh, yeah, a little, little something like that. Oh well, yeah, something. that's it was uh, the the show will be moving from Wednesdays to Mondays. And apparently, some some people that uh, that read the announcement that Derek posted before they listened to the little audio version of it were, were a little worried because it was a special announcement from David A. Price. So it was like a special afternoon, uh, a weekday afternoon special type deal, like you know Jenny overeats <laughs> or something like that. And everybody's worried about you know what the hell's going to happen yeah, with David. But, but you know, but you know what, folks, it's a podcast. You can listen to it whenever you want. So if you want to listen to it on Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday there you go. Uh, but uh, just to play devil's advocate, we cannot record them whenever we want, and it's it's freaking me out that knowing that right now Lost is going on, and I have to worry about spoilers tomorrow. So we got to think DVR? about. No, I'm I'm you, a you luddite go, man. You can go to abc.com and watch That's it. That's right true. I'm going to download it. How about that? <gasps> Um, David, I buy the damn Lamar. DVD sets to yes. get the money. From <laughs> yes, Chris. Mr. Marvel, what was the big deal with Thunderbolts 128 today? Oh, dude, put me on the spot. I heard it, I, I heard it sold out. It's going for. I did get the know, news release that it was sold out. I, I for lots uh, of money on eBay. Andy Diggle is excited, but uh, at the same time upset that Marvel doesn't send him comp copies. So he get out of here. Oh shit. <laughs> 
what was the deal? Is it a monumentous occasion? Yeah, I don't look? know if it, I don't know if it's like a big kickoff for dark dark rain. So Barack um, Obama in it? It, yeah. it, it's not. It's not. It's not. No, I don't. I don't believe that Barack is in it. Is it Andy? Di- it's not Andy Diggle's first issue. It. Is it? it. It. I want to say it very well could be. It was. Uh, yeah. It's because now that we have Dark Avengers, um, you know, I don't know who's left to be in the Thunderbolts. So I don't know what direction with this issue the Thunderbolts went in. Um, because after. Uh, <laughs> Fabian Nissians and uh, and Tom Grummet's run ended, and it became the uh, after Civil War you had Norman Osborn in charge of the bad guys like Bullseye and Venom. Now that these characters are in the Dark Avengers, I don't know who's left to be on Thunderbolts. And there's uh, two two of the characters that I think people really like is uh, um, the blonde Black Widow. So not not Natasha. Oh, okay, all right. The, uh, I think I um, might know what the big deal about it is. Spell it, man. Um, well, I'm only going off of what I see as the cover, uh, and the cover of it is the Green Goblin. So it uh-huh. may be Norman Osborn back as the Green Goblin, Return of the Goblin. Yeah. Um, one one of the other one of the other new Thunderbolts, which I think is awesome, is the uh, the Irredeemable Ant Man. Oh, <laughs> so, yep. yep so Ant Man is a is a is a Thunderbolt, which I. Love. You got to be kidding me. No. But That's it's kind of cool. But it's Andy Diggle writing, so I'm, yeah. I have a feeling he'll probably do just fine. Good for him. I'm sure he will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Diggle stuff. See, when you read the stuff in the trades, you don't have to worry about shit selling out because it's all there between the covers. <laughs> love way, it. Way to justify. I'm just. I'm trying. I, I think I'm trying. Uh, I wasn't. I'm not even kidding. I'm looking on eBay. Barack uh-huh. Obama was in the Thunderbolts one twenty. Oh, maybe because he had Norman Osborn uh, meets President Obama. Probably because Real he's got to create crap. the new team. Because Osborne's the Iron Patriot. But they both says, have the same hairstyle, right? What's it going it, for on eBay? In this issue, President Obama, shortly after his inauguration, meets Norman Osborne before boarding Air Force One. Um, currently oh, on eBay, uh, t- there's some buy it nows for twenty bucks. Um, <laughs> nothing's really bid. The highest bid is like seven fifty uh, for it, but. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, my my joke was true. Barack, Barack Obama's in it. Wow! Can you say Kennedy? See, nobody gave a crap when Bush was ever in a Marvel comic. Wow. Sales went down. You know, you get a good president <laughs> in there, and the sales go up. I don't, I don't the know. The authority, right? That's well, yeah. And Clinton. How many comics do we have that Clinton was in? Remember the uh, Tops comics that Ditko did with Clinton on the front cover, with those Kirby verse characters. That uh, what was the name of that thing? Oh, damn. Secret City, Secret City, or something like that, or um, oh, damn. I know exactly. It, 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 it was it was Bombast Night Glider. Yes. Uh, what was the name? I think it was the Secret City. I have no Secret idea. something. Yeah. See, I'm doing the same thing I did last episode with the Starheart because I'm old and I can't remember <laughs> shit. <laughs> damn. Hey, bringing it back bro. to Rom real quick. All would, right. Would you guys? I, I have one piece of trivia, and uh, and also. Uh, would you like to hear the um, the U.S. patent uh, information on the toy, Rom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, the trivia part is uh, the original name of Rom, the toy, was Kobol. Um, they were going to really? call him Kobol after the Damn it. programming. The original, the original toy was uh, was an Egyptian mystic. <laughs> and nobody they, and they, the, they were, were going to wow. name him Kobol after what? The programming language. Uh, oh, God. 
How many hours I spent wasting uh, trying to learn that shit? Fortran seventy seven too. Oh lord. Um, but the uh, the patent information is sort of funny. It's an electronic toy doll, including electronic circuitry for se- selectively generating a number of simulation sounds typically associated with a mystic or science fantasy character. Uh, in respective operational modes, the sound of wind, the sound of breathing, an eerie pseudo-random sequence of musical notes and sounds representing the operation of a weapon are selectively generated. In a further operational mode, a random uh, a random one of a predetermined number of responses are provided upon generation of an actuation signal. The random response may be considered to be an answer to inquiries. Preferred circuitry for generating the simulation sounds is described. Accessories adapted for removal interconnection with the circuitry are also described. So there you go. Wow. There's the, the ROM U.S. patent uh, abstract description. Jesus. He'll he'll banish your ass. <laughs> you know, speaking of mystics, I picked up a book today. See, how's that for a segue? It, it was one of magic. those things. Uh, it was magic, yes. But I'll, I'll paint the picture for you here. I was uh, paging through the Deathstroke Faces of Evil thing. Or if, and, it's, if it's Tiny Titans, it's Faces of Mischief. Okay, Mischief. <laughs> True story. But I'm, I'm, I'm paging through the, the Deathstroke thing, and it's not doing anything for me. It's like, yeah, whatever. And and I thought, why should I pay two ninety nine for whatever when I can buy something that I really want, something that wows me? So there it was on the on the rack next to it. It was Mysterious, the Unfathomable. unfathomable Easy number for you one. To I know, by Wildstorm. It's written by Jeff Parker. Nice. Wow. Yes. Art and cover by Tom Fowler. Wow. Color, yes, the color, sweet, sweet color by Dave McCaig. Yeah. Colors for Northlanders. That's right. But, (laughs) and speaking, like I said, speaking of mystic, the dude is a mystic. And he's hired, kind of, he's he's hired by this high-profile entertainment figure. uh, His name is Vic Chesney to perform a, a, a seance to try and contact Vic's dead mother who shot herself killed herself with a gun five years ago to the day so the first issue basically sets up the whole mechanics of this character and those around him the the seance is covered by a reporter who eventually becomes mysterious's gal friday although she doesn't know it you know so events happen but the thing that really wowed me about this uh, comic not only is the story really solid i mean parker he you could tell he loves this character uh, was the art by Tom Fowler? Oh Jesus! You know, in keeping with the with the themes of the the book, he, he's a demon with a brush. You got to see this art. It's gorgeous. There, I, I picked it, it up. It's gorgeous. You're right. It's um. It, it has uh, a a real Mad Magazine feel to it. You know, in in the art. There's a little Jack Davis in there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Now that I look at it. But the the line is really energetic. Uh, to, to my eye, it, it looks almost weathered, yet at the same time, there's an innocence to it. It's it's really gorgeous stuff. Uh, and he's a Canadian, Tom Fowler. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, he's got a blog. He's got a blog called Blarg at uh, BigBugIllustration.blogspot.com. That's bigbugillustration.blogspot.com. You take one look at this guy's art, and you will run out and buy this issue. It's that good. It's it's really that good. There, there's a, a, a section of the uh, comic where uh, Mysterious is 
overseeing the seance and they needed um, one of the mother's possessions to to get them through the seance and it obviously it's the gun that she killed herself with so he he's going through hell and he's walking across this landscape of bones and like severed heads that are talking to him and and, and he's he actually walks through a, a colossal jawbone you got to see it it's really really amazing stuff i'm looking at his blog now yeah this is uh, very cool stuff it it almost has like a weird Dr. Seuss kind of vibe to it, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It does a uh, very you know uh, very stretched out and strange uh, designs to a lot of the uh, the characters and the the backgrounds. You know, the trees and and different yeah. things he's got going on are are very uh, Alice in Wonderlandy kind of thing. And and uh, and I definitely see the Jack Davis uh, that Chris was talking oh, about, yeah. and, and especially that yeah. painted uh, cover. Of that first issue, or well, maybe this isn't the first issue, uh, but it's a six-issue miniseries. So you're not in, you're not going to invest a whole lot of money in this thing. Uh, it's from Wildstorm, two ninety-nine a pop, and uh, it's really good. They they introduce this uh, skeptic, and no, his name is not Zach Crusey. Uh, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's a John Byrne-looking dude who I guess dogs mysterious around and try and debunk all the things that that he does the guy's name is john darby and it just so happens that even though mysterious said do not break the circle during the seance mr uh darby breaks the circle with pretty disastrous consequences which you will learn once you read the book it's great go out and buy it looks i wish i had four hands because then i could do four thumbs up but i only have two so i do two thumbs up same hmm and yes, it's about magic, Tom. Speaking of magic, I'm gonna yes. I'm going to at some point um, consult you on some uh, magic information. I need I need I'll need I'll be needing some information on magic at some point uh, in the near future. Really? I, yeah, I have a I have a, a, a story idea for concerning uh, magic and magicians and mediums and that kind of stuff. So. I'm going to be consulting you on on some of that stuff. You have an artist? Oh, God, no. Mm. Scratches (laughs) his chin. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll talk about that later. All right. So so what else we got? Oh, let me see here. Um, I picked up the... uh, uh, the Carl Kessel written in a Dodson drawn uh, Harley Quinn uh, trade paperback came out today. The, the the nice hardcover came out a couple months oh, ago. No kidding. But uh, yeah, the uh, the trade came out today, and I've I've heard good stuff about the the early two thousands Harley Quinn series. And yeah, it started I, off good. Yeah, and it's the first seven issues. So I, you know, just good campy fun. So I figured I'd pick that up. Oh, um, one that. Um, uh, a few the mark over at uh, at dark tower uh pointed this out the uh Warren Ellis written uh ruins which yeah, was kind of a uh, uh a what if type story in the in the marvel universe that came out what a few years ago they have reprinted and uh and it came out today you guys may know mm-hmm. more about it than than i do mark just said go get that if you don't yeah. want to get back <laughs> It, it's not a feel-good story of the year, let me tell you. A lot of people bite the dust in it, from what I from what I hear. I, I have the first issue. It was a two-issue series originally, David, right? Yes. It was kind of like the Marvels with the acetate cover. Remember um, yep. Alex Ross and uh, the same kind of format? But I remember it either selling out 
or not selling enough. And it was before Ellis was the household name he was today. So back issues of of the two go for a re- like a nice chunk of change. And uh, oddly enough, Matt Kramer found one in a quarter bin, I think, at Wizard World Chicago last year. Nice. Well, yeah. the, this this collects. Um, it's a little pricey. It's four ninety nine, but it it collects both issues. Yeah, but I mean, if you compare it to what you would have paid for even one of those issues, I think it you, it's worth the the. Um, the investment and it's Alice. How bad can it be if it's Alice? The, the art looks uh, looks gorgeous too. It is uh, yeah. uh, la 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 la. Who is um, very? If you're a Sinkevich fan, it's very. Um, Who's not? Of that um, uh, Cliff Nielsen and Therese Nielsen. Ah, the the artist. But yeah, it's uh, very you know painted. Um, yeah, nifty looking stuff. So I think the Valkyrie's a, a porn star. Isn't she? I saw a nice uh, Valkyrie picture in there, so perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. I was going to read that tonight for next week, but we'll see. Well, I will read it tonight. We can talk about it next week. We can hold hands while we read it. Wow. <laughs> You're I'll call you ahead of time to make sure that we're wearing the same clothes. Maybe I'll even buy some Yingling lager. No, you hang up. <laughs> like, no, you hang up. No, no, you. no, you. You first. You still there? How do you hang up? Uh, see, Sal knows me. He just sent me a link to a Tom Fowler illustrated swamp thing. Jeez. <laughs> nice. Oh, and he did work for Mad Magazine for a couple of years, by the way. Mm, awesome. I, I quickly found out here on the on the internets. The internets. Love the internets. See, it, it seemed like it was a big week today for Marvel. Didn't seem like a huge DC week. Maybe that's just me. But uh, I was talking to Chris earlier. And I said, yeah, you know, thanks a lot, Supergirl, for putting the faces of evil and putting, putting Superwoman on the cover. Like, you know, I didn't have a clue she was bad. And he's like, Vince. The price for trade waiting. He said, didn't, yeah. didn't you read uh, the, last the last chapter? chapter in, yeah. in the, and I said, yeah. And he's like, go, go look at the last couple pages. And I said, holy shit, my two pages were like not stuck together. But you know how sometimes <laughs> yeah. the ink... And I completely skipped that that the really? page where where Superwoman zapped. Um, so Agent is, Liberty. is is he? Was that no? I thought that was the Guardian. Oh, was it the Guardian? I no, it was it's Agent not, Liberty. No, it's yeah. It's Agent, there's two of them that look kind of like the same. But anyway, wow, then Homeboy. Yeah. Okay, all right. Never mind. I'm not, I won't <laughs> yeah, get into it now. I'm not. Gonna get no, let no, let me no, no let me get it exactly. If it's I want to make sure because if David's going to grind his axe, I want to make sure that the, the it's not it's, it's, Agent, it's not it's not Guardian. No, it's Agent Liberty. Yeah, because I think Guardian is. I mean, there's, they're set, they've set that up uh, the uh, to be in Adventure Comics. I think it's going to be. You know, Guardian's yeah, going to be a regular it, there. If he's if if he's a clone, it would have been very easy to kill him and bring him back. I'm looking at this as though this character is now dead it because be. he got burned into the head. So yeah, the the double lobotomy shot. And I I I like Agent Liberty. I remember the Dusty Able drawn. Agent oh, yeah. Liberty, and I don't want to see him dead. Oh, it's DC Comics, man. Anybody can die these well, days. You know, after, oh. you know, in the reboot, Shh. after Final Crisis number 7, everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, something, uh, else, uh, something else interesting about the Supergirl cover, um, and I, I know that it, it still crops up every once in a while, but it's approved by the Comics Code. Oh, really? Yeah, it says approved by the Comics Code. Authority. I bet you the next issue or the one after it doesn't say that. Did you see it? The Joshua Middleton 
cover with uh, Superwoman's. It's like, look at my ass again. Huge, big old booty right in the fr- right in the, the left hand side. I mean, it's nice, but I can't see that passing through the code. Huh. Did that Mockingbird cover pass? The one with Hawkeye. You remember that? Look at my oh, butt. Mockingbird yeah, I cover. Don't, I don't know. Probably that was done by the woman who does the Buffy covers, wasn't it? Yes, uh, Joe Chen. Joe Chen, right? Real nice cover. And who also, before she did the Buffy covers, because she was working with Brian K. Vaughn, did the uh, Runaways covers. Right. Yes. Speaking See? of ass shots. All right. That's my f- <laughs> one of did my anyone, favorite things. Valkyrian porn. Did, did anyone read uh, the Faces of Evil uh, Prometheus one shot? I have it. I didn't get to it yet. I, I liked it. I really liked the story. Um, the art was okay. It's kind of a Jay Lee. I, I don't even know who the artist is. I can't think of it. I don't have it in front of me. But... Um, it was okay. I mean, I, I I like parts of it, but there was a there was like two uh, two ass shots. There there uh, there's a part where Prometheus is, travels to another dimension. He runs into these superheroes, whatever supervillains, and the female one. You know, there's like one scene where there's you know the the obligatory ass shot of her standing there. But then there's one where like a page later she's she attacks another character and she, and the panel is is it's like a third of a page panel and she's supposed to be flying or jumping at the person but he wanted to get her head and face and her ass in the same shot so somehow he <laughs> bent her in half <laughs> so that you saw both her face i don't know she's very flexible i guess in, in the torso area so you could see the face and no the bones. ass <laughs> yeah it was, i was just like wow that's that's really working it to get an ass shot in a page. <laughs> That's working hard, man. <laughs> the crotchal region. Well, I, I'm hoping that that Faces of Evil Prometheus brings the character back to prominence instead of him being like a, a hired thug that he's been the past couple of years. I mean, w- when you think about it, he literally took on the whole JSA. It basically. Or, not JSA, JLA at one time. It basically Jeff Johns uh, Prometheus in that single issue by taking all that stuff that's happened in the last couple of years with that character to make him lame and saying, yeah, that was uh, that that didn't happen. Um, really? Well, do you want me to tell you? Uh, I don't care because I'm a big boy. I'm going to read it anyway. Um, was basically, this a, was this was was this a one shot or is it in yes, a regular yes. title? Okay, no it's a, one shot. It's a one okay. shot. Um, basically. Uh, uh, he writes that um, Prometheus, the actual Prometheus, has been um, locked up in an insane asylum. His mind has been in a constant loop. Uh, the Martian Manhunter put it in um, back when they fought on the uh, JLA uh, moon base. Um, he had locked Prometheus up in this uh, constant mental loop, and so he was locked away and withering away. His muscles were atrophying in in this uh, insane asylum. Um, and this Prometheus that we've seen the last couple of years is is an imposter that was actually his um, like his little henchman guy uh, that's cool. been running around uh, in his costume. But when the Martian Manhunter died and was killed in in Final Crisis, it unlocked this mental loop and released Prometheus. Uh, and so he is breaks. He, it. Is he not the master of the retcon? Uh, it was well. I don't think it was Johns who wrote it. Oh, maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of who wrote it. I can't think off the top of my head. Peter Tomasi, I might have written it. Oh, I have it right here. Let's see. Might have been Tomasi. Um, la, 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 That's Green Lantern. More puke and red lanterns. Awesome. 
cable. Amazing. I can't find it. It's around <laughs> here somewhere. But uh, could be could be Pizza Masi. You may be right. Yeah, I don't think it was John's, but it was it was definitely well done in 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 a John's fashion of saying, yeah, that lame Prometheus you've seen running around, that's somebody else, and the real Prometheus has been locked up uh, by the Martian Manhunter, and now that the Martian Manhunter died, he's free and he's pissed off, um, and he wants to kick the living crap out of the JLA. So uh, yeah, You're Sterling the, Gates, by the way. Oh, there you go. That that's yeah. yes yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was very well well written. I like the story. I like the retcon, uh, and yeah, you definitely have uh, the the badass Prometheus uh, back. Maybe even a badder ass Prometheus because he goes into it in that issue of like how foolish he was to think that he could take on the JLA by pure you know just might, and and he he was arrogant. So not only is he as powerful as he once always was, but he's probably a little smarter now too. Uh, he's learned from his mistakes, and he has a plan. So, yeah, I think you're definitely going to see a... Because I always... Uh, Tom and I were talking about this. It's like, he's a cool character, horrible costume, um, <laughs> but a cool character, and and, uh, and it'd be neat to see if they keep him, you know, sort of more of a badass than, than the, like you said, the thug that we've seen of, of yeah. late. Hey, 11 o'clock Foramites. And I'm sending this just right to the Foramite. Um, Scott Cedarland here from Columbia Hall. And I just wanted to say a thank you to everyone on the 11 o'clock and the Marvel Noise Forum who this week sent my wife a, a birthday greeting. It was a very successful little uh, um, different thing to do on on a a birthday for those of you who aren't around the forums will hang around my great idea this year was to get as many people as I can to send my wife a happy birthday email so I put it on Twitter MySpace and I decided to go to the 11 o'clock forums and do it there too since you know, a lot of people are around there and got people my wife knows and she doesn't know um, all to send her Happy birthday greetings on uh, the 20th, which was a, turning out to be a great day for birthdays. And congratulations to the Wood family at the same time. Um, three boys in the household, what, six or seven males altogether of various species. Congratulations. I don't know how you guys do it, but that's great news. So, anyway, thank you for helping me make my wife's birthday enjoyable one and I'll talk to you later and see you on the forums have you read the faces of evil uh, Grundy one shot yes I did yeah, I liked that. it a lot I liked it a lot too but I was wondering why couldn't this have been the first issue of the upcoming miniseries <laughs> obviously to get another two ninety nine out of us sure but it was just it was kind of like as a lead up to get me to buy something it was, I don't know. I, I love the art. I think Collins did a great job, and Johns did a an adequate job writing. It wasn't it wasn't anything you know super special as far as Johns goes. It was it was good, but I don't know. I, I'm just thinking it could have saved me two ninety nine. I know that's not the point to save us money, 
Yeah, I was gonna. Oh, well, that, that, that is exactly the point. They got you to spend two ninety nine, man. They and, and they did. If they yeah. if they if they have a chance to to put out a number one issue, they're going to do it because they know what the sales on number one issues are like. So right. So now there's two number ones coming for Grundy. Exactly. What kind of world do we live in? Yeah. It definitely felt a little <laughs> unnecessary. Right. It was fun though. It really was. I I could not care less for uh, what's his name Cyrus Gold. Mm-hmm. I mean. Grundy's the dude, but now Johns has me kind of concerned a little bit for the the dude underneath all the muck and the and the and the muscles. So, yeah, I guess it did its job. Look at me, you've you've, you've turned me around. It was okay. Hey, any 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 Grundy is good Grundy. You know, I yeah. hope they um uh, Grundy. I'm, I'm, I'm Undy, going, Grundy's undies. <laughs> I'm going to uh, invoke his name, but uh, I wonder if they're ever going to revisit the. Um, the Grant Morrison Seven Soldiers with the uh, um, uh, the the Witch Boy, Clarion, Clarion, the Witch Boy. Clarion. Yeah, because that was whenever people would die in like yep. the the underworld, mm-hmm. and they would and they would come back. They they called them Grundies, and I'm, and I always wondered if Morrison was uh, was going to work that into into Solomon Grundy's actual actual origin that uh, that he and 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 Clarion's people uh, were tied together. I hope that's a, that was a real neat, really neat twist. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Fraser Irving artwork. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Um, spe- is is Gutsville ever going to come <laughs> out again? <laughs> he, no, he, I don't know. He, no, <laughs> no. It's, Enjoy it's what never. you got, man. Oh man, I really want to see some resolution to that story. Um, mostly because I want to see him go on and do something else that doesn't involve drawing scary-ass freaking pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't he doing a... He's the one doing the Asriel relaunch. Oh, is he? Fraser Fraser Irving, yes. He's doing oh. uh, the, the Asriel miniseries. Go finish yeah, Gutsville right. first. Yeah, well, hey. DC Knox, you open the door. No, I want my Gutsville, damn it. <laughs> well, there hasn't when, been... Whatever you... <laughs> There hasn't been a, a blog post on the Gutsville website since December of 2007. So, oh. and, and that was the, the last blog post was was squashing a rumor of issue three showing up in October or November of 2007. So, uh, you, that kills me when they abort miniseries like that. Has it been that long? What? What? They got three issues out, right? Is it three? I think there's only I think two. two. I thought there was yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. It was such a good. Oh, I, yeah, I loved what came out. So, I don't know. Maybe one. Whenever you said Clarion, whenever you say Clarion the Witch Boy, in my head, I hear Clarion the Hotel Boy. It's, <laughs> you know, Clarion Hotel. No, it's spelled <laughs> it's differently. Just, it's just what happens, you know. But yeah, that was a great series. I think Seven Soldiers should be a friggin' ongoing. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be confusing. Yeah. So. <laughs> get, you got, you got a little bit of everything. You got a little work for it. It's, it makes the the resolution all the sweeter. I ain't saying shit. No, it's not going down this road. I didn't say yes. That's right. Back it up. I'm in reverse. <laughs> I still go. have to read Seven Soldier. I haven't read it all. I keep trying to, and uh, I think I need to because I keep trying to read it like as it came out, you know. Um, but I think I I think I'm going to try and read the individual minis themselves as opposed to. 
like it, re- it reads it reads well both that both ways. Um, if I were going to read one of the individual series, um, I I really like the uh, the Zatanna series. I think is a very yeah. accessible, cool well, story. And and Ryan Suckart, you can't beat it, man. <laughs> yeah. is, I think uh, the the Zatanna miniseries is the most important of the of the seven really, in terms of what would, happens. It would have been the uh, Mister Miracle. But mm, that's pretty important, yeah. But I mean, America, something happens. That, that, in Zat- that's, that's more important to Final Crisis than it is to the Seven Soldiers. Ooh, there's there's something real important to Final Crisis in Zatanna Number Four too. But I mean, they're, it's deceptive because you can read like the bullets here and like it's it's pretty that fluffy. That's pretty. Yeah, and and Frankenstein for all its its pulp oh, tinge, you know, the, the sci-fi Gar- action. The Guardian was, was pretty, a cool series too. Yeah, well, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's. I think the, the bookends one. were the were the mind benders, the which, first and the last which one. Sal? Which which is the first series? The one with because uh, I love that little group that he puts together in the beginning of the. That was uh, in the first book, right? The first bookend. Yeah, oh yeah, that was zero. the I kicked it off. That's right. That's that was right. with was the, what? Vigilante and yeah, Diamond. and I'm glad we have a goal and we stick to it. <laughs> Very good, David. I'm not okay, about Morris. We're talking about Seven Soldiers, <laughs> <laughs> which which was not written by him in any way. At all. <laughs> I never invoked his name. I just said That's I like I like that hey, first issue. Um, something that came out today that uh, um, is the the pen ultimate issue. Uh, one hundred bullets, number ninety nine. Yeah. Today. So oh, one, really? One, yeah. one more issue, man. One more issue. To one go. more issue of the f- the finest written comic book. On the shelves and beautifully illustrated. Yes, Rizzo is awesome. Oh, yeah, is the last issue going to be double sized? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I love 100 bullets, but I have to admit I lost track of it. Yep. Uh, oh, I don't know anybody. Oh, yeah, I've let them stockpile. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I, I got to dig in again. I lose track. I bailed. Of trade to trade. I'm waiting for oh, me too. Done just so I can read it all. I don't know anyone. I love that book, and I've I've read every issue that I have multiple times, trying to get through, you know the entire story. And at one point, I read like I think eighty issues in probably two weeks, and I wow. had it. I had it. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It, the story is so friggin' good. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And then I didn't. And then like I caught up. And an issue didn't come out for a month, and when that issue came out, I had no idea what was going on in the story any longer. Oh. Yeah, I, I came into it late. The uh, the owner of the comic shop told me about it. I jumped on, I want to say the early twenties, and uh, I mean I, I remember the cover with Dizzy on on it, and um, and I get the first couple of trades. I think I have up to. I think I actually bought up to the counter fifth detective. So I think I have the first five trades and I want Renee to read those. But I've, I have issues that I also now have in trade, but I, I have like from the early twenties up to, up to now. And I haven't probably read an issue since maybe the sixties or seventies. And it's just like, like Sal says, it's just, it's great just to sip. I mean, I, I enjoy how it started off originally and then it, you know, it, it morphed into this thing with the Minutemen, and it's just been—it's been so great. Yeah, I'm gonna take—I'm gonna take a day 
and I'm just going to get up in the morning, put on a pot of coffee, and I'm just <laughs> going to go, just start there, and just go until I'm done into the evening, and sit back and read the whole series. I have every every issue in singles, and it's going to take you longer than a day, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try. Issues? I'm no gonna, way. I'm going to try. I'll get, I'll get as far as I can. So, but, uh, I. Uh... I I th- well I should clarify I don't think it's the fi- necessarily the finest written comic but it's the finest written dialogue in comic books uh, in my opinion I think I think mm. the dialogue in that book is pro- maybe the best dialogue I've ever read in an ongoing series issued I mean as a whole uh, his dialogue is so so well written it's unbelievable. Yeah, the, vari- the variety of voices and dialects that he can capture, and it is just it's it's smooth and easy. It never feels forced. It's just always you know pitch perfect. Yeah, he's 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 awesome. The uh, well, you know what? Let's throw it down while while Sal started the ball rolling. Uh, Let's just put your, you know just for a second. Put your money where your mouth is. What is the finest written monthly comic book in your estimation? Um, finest. Written monthly, like ongoing series, are we talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. no mini series, no event. Um, currently going on? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, um, well, there was. <laughs> I'll leave it alone. Oh, the, the sigh of frustration. Oh, hey, I love it. Sorry. That's the goal. That's the goal with me to get the sigh. Well, we um, can do that in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> finest written comic. I would have to say. I would I would maybe have to say All Star Superman. Oh, but that doesn't really count, does yeah, it? I don't know. Does that not? That's not an ongoing. Well, it it kind of yeah. is. And All it's right. Um, is it over? Yes. Yeah, that, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I mean, if we can, yeah, it's oh, over. you know what? I'll tell cheating. You, I'll tell you what I think is the finest written comic ongoing. Uh, Scalped to me is the oh, best, good choice. That is best written comic going on right now. Very good choice. I all, like that. All, all told, as far as stories, characters, dialogue. Um, the plots, the the motivations. I think it is. Yeah, to me, it's the finest written ongoing series. I like that. I do too. That wouldn't be my choice, but I like it. Well, I'll, st- I'll stay. Choice. I'll stay with. Uh, I'm going to agree with Sal, but I'll pick a, a superhero book. And uh, Brew Baker continues to amaze me every month with Captain America. I okay. I, I surely <laughs> said okay. I love it. I love it. He, Every month, it it's something I I enjoy. So okay, no, I mm-hmm. think I think um, I think it's a very solid uh, solid month in month out. I mean, for a superhero book, definitely Cap and 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 I would probably throw Green Lantern in there. Yeah, uh, as a month in month out. But I don't think they have because of the inherent troubles with writing a superhero book. Yeah, um, what you have to do with it to some degree, I think. They're at a disadvantage to me when you're talking about uh, just pure writing, but mm-hmm. that's that's me. Yeah, what Jason's able to do with a book like Scalp. I mean, we, we've talked about it a uh, hundred times. It's, there's a weight to his writing that uh, that just that that book just carries it so well. And uh, yeah, it's it's Scalped is amazing. To me, Scalped was like being pushed into a pool. 
that initial shock is like really disconcerting. But once you're in there for a little while, you're like, hey, this is pretty cool. I like it. It's nice. It feels good, you know, because the the initial like maybe three issues of Scalps was like, what the frig am I reading? Absolutely. I agree. But, 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 one, but once I got tapped into that vibe he had going on, I, I like Scalped a lot. I think it's a really good book. So, what, But I, I, I would say Fables. I, I'm constantly in awe of what Willingham has done with Fables. I, and and for me, I I may it may be tainted by the complete package of Buckingham. It's really hard to not notice Buckingham, but yeah, I I, I think Fables. Hard to argue with that one. It's it's. Uh, yeah. I'm actually just uh, catching up on in trades on that, so I'm only on like the uh, fourth or fifth trade right now. Um, oh, I'm doing the same thing myself. I, uh, I had I had to order. Uh, the third trade from DCBS because I have the singles, but for me to find them all, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I got like so the. First, I, I'm just going to rebuy them. That's I, I got like the first forty or fifty singles, and I was like, I just want to read this. I don't really want to try and get all the rest of the issues and stuff. So screw it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell my single issues. Hopefully someday. Have them bound. Make some money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, working, I'm working on. A, I'm working on a on a binder here in Chicago. I'm, I'm searching. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got a couple leads. Uh, yeah, I got got a couple. I'm checking on. So I got the. Cool. I, I dropped off my first 25 issues of Captain America with somebody the other day. I was like, okay, I, whenever I come back, I hope these are you know, still 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 readable. <laughs> We had to rip the covers off them, get them to fit. <laughs> we made photocopies of pages. <laughs> David, L- little Billy cut a coupon out the one copy. <laughs> little Billy, <laughs> that bastard, little uh, Billy. I hate him. David, what's your pick? Oh man, see, I, was, I, I didn't have anything succinctly. Come on, uh, yeah, I didn't have anything right to the point. Uh, <laughs> Say Northlanders just to piss off Jason. Oh, man, I, I'm so tempted to, but I'm, I'm a couple issues behind, so I really can't. Um, I mean, the things things that I'm really grooving like right now that that I think the the writer ha- has a handle on, like Jason Aaron on Ghost Rider, um, um, that I have to read when it comes oh, the cover out. To today's issue was gorgeous. Yeah, I, I can't wait to read today's oh, issue. Oh, oh. Can't wait um, for the twenty more. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's and that'll yeah that'll end uh, Aaron's run on that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, no, 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 no. Jason, he's set up for another year, right? But Tony Moore's run on Ghost uh-huh. Rider will be Aaron's last run. Also, Tony Moore is closing out Aaron's run on the Ghost Rider. He is really, I believe so. Tony's only doing a couple issues. Yeah, he's only doing two issues. Okay, all right. Um, I've been wrong before. It won't be the first time. Well, no. he's doing more Seriously. than that. I thought <laughs> yeah. he was only doing two issues, and then that, and then, and I'm pretty sure Jason's not only doing two issues, is he? Yeah, I, I think I, I think I saw a tweet from Mr. Aaron that uh, oh. that he was kind of plotting out the next twelve issues, and that was going to be going to be his run. So I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Go ahead. So all right. So so the artists are probably all right. So. I'm, don't freak Messing me out, dude. Hey, I'm sorry, man. Hey, I'll take, I'll take Tony Moore on Ghost Rider. Damn. Well, I'll take oh, him yeah. on there for 12 issues, but I don't think it's happening. There's no friggin' way. <laughs> no, no, no. Not unless we want the book to come out for the next three years, those 12 <laughs> yeah. issues. I love I love Tony, but we all know Tony <laughs> can't do a monthly 
monthly book. <laughs> or at least he doesn't want to. Tony <laughs> um, needs to come up with a nice 12-page monthly comic. Yeah. pages. Relaunch Dark Horse Presents with the oh, title story being Fear Agent. <laughs> there you go. Um, it could happen. Let's see. There's a... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... Iron Fist, I'm really digging what, what Straczynski's doing after uh, Fraction and Brubaker left. It's good. Um, I still... Well, maybe... I, no, I could probably say Peter David on X-Factor. Wow. Because he's been he's been consistent. I mean, you know, I've said before, visually it hasn't been, but it's still, it's still his voice. I can still... I know Peter David's writing this. There are a lot of characters. And they still... It's not like... Uh, it's not like you're taken out of it if, if like if Captain America were gonna was gonna start talking like, you know, jive, that would pretty much take you out of the story and and <laughs> wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But I can still hear these characters like Madrox, like Guido, um like Monet, I can still hear them talking like they did, you know, over the years. So so David has a real good handle on, on this crew and, and it's funny and it's a good series and uh that would Monet's so hot. She is, and uh, and it probably would be. I mean, if if I was talking, that's why I asked if it had to be a run that if a, a comic that's still going on because I was so I could hear Vince say who I was leaning toward the uh, the '90s uh, Black Panther. Who? Oh, yeah, <laughs> written by who? Yeah. Christopher Priest. There you go, boy. Yeah, that was a fun book, man. That was, was. Nice. hell yeah. Pick up Priest those trades, people. Pick yeah, up those trades. Well, pick up that. Yeah, those two, those two trades that uh, collecting various issues. But yeah, that'd be nice. Okay. Well, but that pretty much wraps it up for us. Well, Sal's Sal, about to talk. I, I, Sal has a question. Sal, Sal had a question? No, no. I was going to say. Well, I was going to say best illustrate best illustrated book coming out right now. Though. Oh yes, no, that's good. Let's keep rolling with that. <laughs> 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 you uh, know what? My answer is the same. Fables? Yep. That doesn't surprise me. All right. Buckingham is the shiznit. He's awesome. Like I said, uh, you know, his artwork can cure cancer. It's it's even better than, than Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is afraid of what Mark Buckingham has done in the pages of Fables. Speaking of martial arts action stars, has, yes. not to, to, to sidetrack anyone too much, but has anyone else seen... JCVD, the John Claude Van Damme movie. Oh no! It's fantastic. Wow! <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Those are words I never expected to hear in the same paragraph he, together. Just really quickly, he plays himself as a sort of. Um, he plays John Claude Van Damme, and he's going through a pretty difficult time in his life. He's he's making all the, he makes fun <laughs> of his own crappy movies. Uh, he's going through a divorce and, and a child custody hearing. He goes back home to Brussels and gets caught up in like a bank robbery. But he's John Claude Van Damme, he, the actor, not not you know. He's he's very good in it, and I'm not being I'm not joking. He's Does good. he mock his cameo from Breaking to Electric Boogaloo? Uh, no, he doesn't mention Damn. it. But, but he makes fun of pretty much everything else, and and it it's it's very like sudden uh, death. It's very good. You thought that Mickey Rourke was the rags to riches Cinderella story. <laughs> I'm it, it's you. really John Claude Van Damme's year. I'm oh, telling man. you. 
my 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 wow. Mickey Rourke story for this week. If anyone watches Graham Norton on uh, BBC America, um, that guy's awesome. Mickey Mickey Rourke was on this week and, with Jessica Biel, and he was oh. oh my god, dirty old man would not keep his hands off of her. <laughs> well, how could you not so, look at her? So embarrassingly entertaining. My wife is just like, oh my god, turn on BBC. Mickey Rourke is gonna, you know, is it was. Hilarious! Just could not keep his hands off of her. And did she, you see the was, the remake of Texas? Not Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, Texas Chainsaw. When the old man's trying to get up in the bathroom and he's grabbing her ass and everything. I mean, even old men want to grab her ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the discussion. Comic best illustrated comic. Who's next? Um, Claypool on Thor. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, especially I can nice. get behind I'm, that. Alex. Yeah. Now, did they collect the the entirety of Thor to date, or is it just the first six issues just, just that have six, been collected? Yeah, the second one should be coming out. The first six, then you have uh, the two issues illustrated, penciled, beautifully penciled, and uh, inked by um, Dragivic, and then Coypel uh, comes back with number nine. Uh, Mr. Marvel, do they have plans of putting the 12 issues in, in a hardcover format? That would be nice. Um, I haven't heard six. anything, but I haven't looked. Because I I really want to read that from what I mean. You guys have praised it incessantly. Oh, it's fun, especially yeah. oh, especially Morales is inks. But I mean, he's he's had. I've looked at uh, like Tim Townsend, who who does really good work with uh, when when inking Bacalo. For some reason, just doesn't match well with uh, <laughs> what. Sorry, you said you said Bahalo and I said Lachaim. <laughs> oh, that's why my ears. That's why my ears are bleeding. I can't. Say, Renee tries to say Yiddish, and I, I like fall on the floor and go into the fetal position. Uh, Did I do all right? No, no, you didn't. Um, I screwed it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't have it in your throat. There's not enough phlegm back there. Nah. Uh, I'm not big on the mucus. I don't. I don't carry around a lot of mucus with that's me. That's all right. It's uh, all right. Go ahead. But yeah, so. Wow. Playful <laughs> Link by Morales. There you go. See, you the one who drew All this right. one this time. It is definitely. Yeah, it's okay. Yes, it is. Sal, what would you say? Um, I would probably go back to 100 Bullets because I think Rizzo mm-hmm. is just friggin' genius. And, and I can look at those pages over and over and over again. Uh, his use of blacks and the simplicity of stuff. And his character designs are just friggin' beautiful and unlike pretty much anything else out there. Uh, his use of scenery um, amazes me. The the way he uses very, uh, you know, what most things would be in the background, he puts in the foreground and uses them in the storytelling, and I just think he's friggin' genius. So I, w- wow. I would have to say Hunter Bullets. Do you have any of the uh, venture books that Dark Horse put out? Uh, I know Rizzo did a couple of them. I have one called Video Noir. No. Oh, wait. It it was written by Carlos Trillo. I might actually have that one. It goes in places that 100 Bullets (laughs) only hints at. I mean, it is. There are some panels that are pretty foul, but they're, they're beautifully foul. Well, I did. I, I I bought a. He came out with a hardcover black and white thing that he had done originally in Argentina. I think it was. Mm-hmm. That's where he's from, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oni put that out. I think. Yeah, um, underline. 
Uh, I can't remember oh, was what that it was. Benoni? I thought that was like another uh, European publisher. Yeah, I think that was actually it was Spanish, and uh, Ivan Brandon edited it. Edited it. No, 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 no. This, this, that was that was an anthology thing. This was his, his, um, sort of his anthology. He he drew all the stories in it, and I think other people had written most of them, and it was all like horror stuff. It was all black mm-hmm. and white horror stories. There was like eight of them in there, or something like that. Very, um, very sort of EC in their tone. The stories, you know, it was all they were all sort of sh- short pieces, and they all sort of ended with a kind of shock or gimmicky ending. But, um, but you know, with his style and and the same sort of thing, there you know, there's some real vile stuff in there. Yeah, uh, and I and, mean, right now I'm looking at a beautifully drawn. Uh, Rizzo blonde burning her nipple with a candle. Nice. Mm. It's it's beautiful. It's awesome. It's really nicely drawn. But it's a woman burning her nipple with a candle. I mean, it's kind of kind of freaky. I just think he does everything right. I think he, just everything he uses. You know, in any scene, he'll use things that other artists just don't even think about using. You know, whether it's pattern, whether it's uh, environment, whether it's you know shadow, or he just. I don't know, man. I think the guy's absolutely brilliant. Oh, his ca- his right. camera his camera angles that he oh yeah he picks or yeah, it's... and his characters are just unique and and interesting and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just think he does he does it all right for me. Uh, I think a um, an unsung hero in a hundred bullets is uh, Patricia. Is it Mulvihill? Is that how you pronounce it? The coloring in that series has been just spot on, perfect to go with Rizzo's art. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I loved it all, all the all the way through. Just that I love that you know understated color palette was been right. Big. And you you can always tell a crack illustrator, and Chris will, will, will go along with me on this one. If they can draw fabric in any kind of situation, like baggy jeans or a three-piece three suit or, you know, just like the hip-hop fashions that are going on, Rizzo covers, I mean, he spans the gamut. He can draw any kind of fashion in any situation. That's that's an illustrator right there. Mm-hmm. The, the guy knows his stuff. And his women are pretty much among the... I mean, you know, we we like to talk about Frank Cho and uh, <laughs> Art Adams drawing beautiful women. I think Rizzo's got his own little area of the greatest women ever drawn in comics mapped out. He he draws some really sweet women. That's because his are dirtier than the rest. Yeah, they yeah. they they go there. That's right. Yeah, there, there's there's a and you, you they look. don't wear panties. Yeah, <laughs> very rarely. Yes. Yeah, all of his women kind of have that. Oh, you naughty little girl, you. <laughs> yep, I'm shaved down there. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's. I just. I, I'll, I'll. I'll buy anything Rizzo does. He's to me is just a uh, amazing, amazing illustrator. I love. Yeah, his work. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does uh, after 100 Damn bullets. You, I yeah. was just gonna say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been doing with, with the exception of the uh, what, was it 12 issues that he and uh, Azarello did on Broken City the. The no, it was, uh, and the six. Or was it six? Okay, but that you know that kind of interrupted uh, hundred bullets for for six months or so. But I mean, this is going. How long have they been doing hundred bullets now? It's six, I think six he years. did. Didn't he do Johnny Dynamite mm-hmm. currently with hundred bullets? It was oh. a four issue miniseries. He's done some stuff here and there, but yeah. not yeah, not a whole lot. But well, but I don't the, know. What's yeah. it, it's been eight years. Yeah, eight, yeah. What have 
yeah, you know, I, yeah, pretty much this entire decade, yeah. he's been doing, yeah. he's been working on other bullets. So, get him uh, on freaking Batman. I I loved his Broken City stuff. Yeah, I thought it was great. Oh, uh, anything, man. Get him on Daredevil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that I don't like well, Michael Clark. Reali- yeah. Realistically, you can put that guy on anything and it would work. Yeah, mm. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I mean, superheroes would be interesting. You know, he does the crime stuff and the gritty, dirty, you know, street-level stuff so well. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see him do more superhero work and see what... Uh, you know what would come of it, but yeah, I, I'm sure he can handle anything you throw at him. Yeah, he can even pull off Superman. I don't think he could hang with Tiny Titans or Marvel Adventures, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that might be the only time you see Art Balthazar get angry. So what? <laughs> no, make it happen. All right, Chris, did you answer? Uh, no, I was. You know, I've got my, uh, I got my three Rick Remender books that I love all of the artists. Um, uh, Tony Moore and Jerome Opeña. Either one of those guys could could take it. Um, what uh, what Dustin, Dustin Wynn is doing with Gigantic right now is pretty is pretty freaking awesome. And um, I think uh, you give Eric Canetti a couple more issues on <laughs> End League and, and I think you'll I think he's going to start blowing some people away. What he did on the uh, the Iron Man, um, uh, Enter the Mandarin um, story, mm-hmm. it was just like, wow, this guy, this guy is going places. So, you know, any any of the guys that work on a Remender book, I don't, I don't know when Rick sold his soul to the devil to get the artist that he works with, but you know, it seems like every project that he gets started, he's got guys that are just amazing. So, any any of those guys. Good answer. I'll throw one out for 2009. <laughs> then for this year, who I think is gonna gonna be the the best ongoing uh, art was uh, Scotty on Wizard of Oz this whole year. Oh. And I, See, that, there's a no brand. It's a safe bet. Yeah, I'm, and and I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that just because. Well, I guess I'm kind of saying it because Scotty's my friend. But his shit on Wizard of Oz is is uh, is getting ready to blow up. So. Oh, dude, the wizard freaks me out. <laughs> it's just so goddamn creepy. But I mean, it's I can't wait till they put out the hardcover. Yeah, I have to have it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna be nice. I mean, I've seen a lot of the stuff, and obviously, I've talked to him a lot on what he's been doing with it and everything. He's having a great time. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, even the first two issues are are awesome, but the next three are gonna be pretty pretty amazing so uh and then the stuff he's going to do after that this year i think he's going to shine on it so i'll put i'll put his stuff up there this year look at me telling you uh trying to pimp myself as an artist for your your little magic project and you're friends with scotty young oh fuck how the hell never... can i compete with <laughs> scotty young he never... can afford scotty young yeah he'd never draw anything for me you kidding <laughs> i can't oh. i can't afford his rates <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, you, we're out of here. One hour and 50 minutes. Mm. Really? Yeah, we're done. Well, we're, we've been pushing it lately. You know, with the two and a half hour episodes, it's, it's a stretch for some no, people. No, I can't believe it's almost two, two, been two hours already. It's Time flies. Yeah. We're having fun. 
damn fun. That's right. Well, when you're talking about nipples and pubic hair and <laughs> Eduardo Rizzo babes, come on. It's all good. I think it was just one of us that was talking. <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, it, it, and and rom patents, you know, stuff. <laughs> That's what Jason Aaron should work on. The uh, the, the they know where they can get it right here. Eleven o'clock comics <laughs> <laughs> or forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Come go. on over and join us. We have a killer forum. Or call the, call the hotline. Uh, Aaron's. That's right. Two thousand nine is is the end of of Aaron's run on Ghost Rider. But yeah, I, I was I was wrong in the. Uh, Tony Moore closing it out with him. But yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go through through this year, uh, right? I think Aaron is so. So I think he has twelve don't, more issues coming out. So good, good for Jason. Don't beat yourself up, brother Price. You you are entitled to be wrong once in a while. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more often than once in a while. <laughs> All right, people. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you to the mighty mighty Sal for for helping us out this week. Oh, my Congrats pleasure. again to the Woods. Yes. That's yes. Right. yes. 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 Congrats to the woods. Um, thank you for listening. And next week, all returns back to normal, unless Jason happens to piss me off during the week. In which case, Sal will be back next week. <laughs> say, well, <laughs> we know who's not going to be here next week. <laughs> uh, bye. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, uh, oh, you're right. I didn't do it. You, did, you forgot. You the, didn't do uh, the what to the read. read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with what I said during the episode. Read Mysterious the Unfathomable. It's awesome. And I will use the word because, damn it, it fits. It's so good. I'm going to pick that up. That, that Tom no, Oh, yeah. No, really. Phenomenal yeah. looking. I'll, br- I'll bring it into work tomorrow. I'll read it tonight. I'll bring it into work for you yeah, tomorrow. I want to see that. It's really cool. And you know what about the character? And I'm just going to—I I'm, I'm, know I'm backtracking, but he—he he has a tendency to be a dick, like Constantine and Gravel. But he's very playful, and and has this 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 air of like, you know, like he's just poking and prodding people to see how far he can get. So it's kind of lighthearted, which is really refreshing when you got these magicians who have been dicks in the past. This guy has a little bit of dick in him. But he's fun at the same time. <laughs> yes, My wife I did say he has a little. <laughs> She's got a little bit of just a little. <laughs> just, the, just the tip. Just the tip. Just honey. the tip. Let's but yeah, it's it's <laughs> a lot of fun. So. Go read um, All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Don't don't <laughs> listen to those blasphemers. It's good. Enjoy it. Just don't bring the baggage, like you know certain people I know that are on podcasts and want everything to be the same as what it was for 25 years. What are you talking about? Otherwise you can just buy Batman. Yeah. You know when you you said it you said it's good you sounded a lot like Daryl. It's good. Good. (laughs) (laughs) It is good. You know I I honestly after we talked about it I went back and read it again uh, the first hardcover and uh, uh, I think I think all the stuff people bitched about is so uh, over overblown, my, personally. But that's me. It well, you know what? It depends on how much you have invested in it. If 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 you enter the thing expecting something and you don't get it, yeah, you're going to be pissed. You got to enter it. You got to it's cleanse your mind of all preconce- preconceptions and just 
accept the work as it is. Yeah. Right? Don't expect, why can't, don't why ex- can't people do that? Don't expect it to be uh, year one again. Don't expect it to be Dark Knight Returns again. You know what I mean? It's 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 a different. It's just it's only Batman in name and in in some general similarities. And other than that, just take it as a new character that you know uh, is different. But I don't know. I, I think I think I think it definitely reads a lot better as a collected piece than as it, mm-hmm. as it was coming out in single issues because. A lot of the things that people complained about. I mean, like I remember when it was first coming out, everybody was saying, "God, they've been in the car for five <laughs> issues, and it seems like three weeks." But when you read it in the collection, it's like it's not. It it doesn't feel like it's long at all. I mean, it's very natural uh, feeling. You know how long they're in the car and how the story goes, and uh, it's not nearly as what it felt like when those issues were first coming out. Uh, right. It's Superman sprinting str- across the ocean. Drinking milk. That was cool. Yet another, <laughs> another swipe against the floppy format. Yes. Ah, die. Kill die. it. Let's just kill it already. <laughs> Chris. Read Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very good. I like that a lot. Rocket it's actually, it's, yeah, and it's actually going to make something out of Civil War kind of cool. Really? Yep, if you read the last oh. issue. Well, I better read my hardcover because I didn't get to it yet. I don't want anything spoiled for me. So, All right. <laughs> so we all covered the, the read. David, you said read? Incognito. There you go. I tried to buy yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Frickin' thing was sold out. Wow, I guess people are reading it. Yeah. I need to pick something else next week. Looking forward to issue two on that. Yeah, me too. You, you know what else I tried to buy? I was going to buy uh, Captain Britain and MI-13, the whole thing. Because our LCS will leave a lot of books on the shelf if they don't sell, and then just put the newest issue in the front, and and so on and so forth. He was missing two issues of the run, so I couldn't buy it. But I was going to buy them all because you say it's good, and I believe you. It's oh, good. Yeah, it's good. Dude. I saw Dracula on the front of one of the issues. How bad? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's yeah. I think it's leaked on the internet plenty now. The the cover to the next uh, next issue, but one of the most awesome supervillain team ups ever coming in Captain Britain MI thirteen, Dracula and Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one for each testicle. Sal, Sal and I were talking about this today. It's really cool that. Uh, uh, that book has kind of turned into a vampire book. It is there's a lot of a lot of va- a lot of vampires in the Marvel universe running around because Spitfire is a is a vampire. Blade is now a part of the team, and and you've got this whole Dracula thing going on. So I'm just you know I'm waiting for uh, for Union Jack to to drop in. And, yes. Uh, well, don't forget Claremont used Dracula extensively in Uncanny. Mm-hmm. So. It's not a far stretch to see it happen to what is now Excalibur, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess it kind of kind of is. It's it's a lot different than than Excalibur, but yeah, it's got a few of the team members. But uh, you no, know, I think Cornell's making this, you know, his own book. There's some there's some there's some cool stuff going on. It's fun. It's just a fun superhero yeah. read. The the artist uh, Winter Kirk is it? Who? Winter Kirk? Yes. Oh goddamn, he's good. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh. God there, damn. There I tell you what, there's some panels in in some of the first issues on that series that uh, just like uh, my heart leapt. 
<laughs> I'm just seeing some. There was just some amazing really? superhero panels, yeah, uh, of Captain Britain, um, like being heroic. That I was just like, oh, that's so good. It was just like you know, and they weren't. I mean, they weren't like, you know, um, typical some sort of splash page thing. It was just like there was this. I just remember this one panel with. Um, with him and Pete, uh, it was uh, Captain Britain and Pete Wisdom talking, and and all of a sudden, uh, Britain just flies off, and he like sort of is flying at you out of the panel, and I was, it just looked so uh, perfect. No, uh, oh, damn, I don't know, just like, angle of it, and it just, I don't know, there was just something about it that really, uh, I just was like, wow, that was such a great looking page and a great looking uh, panel, and and. Yeah, he's. I think he's just kicking all sorts of ass on uh, both those guys are just you know kicking ass on that book. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, now is this wisdom a retelling or the same? Uh, not not a retelling. Is this the same Pete wisdom that was in the Max series? Yes. Yeah, and, and it's written by the same no guy. Kidding. That, that was Paul. right. That was that's yeah. what I meant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same was. Cool. Yeah, he's based, I mean, he's definitely the same character. He's written a little bit different in. I would say in in the the Captain Britain only in. Uh, diction, <laughs> like his, for whatever oh, reason, okay. in the in the Pete Wisdom Max series, you know, they, he used a very thick, sort of British accent for some reason, in the mm-hmm. writing of that dialogue, and he doesn't really use that that's that style in the Captain Britain book. So, but you you look at that Wisdom miniseries, and how many things have carried over into the Marvel universe proper? John the Scrawl. Mm-hmm. and and now Wisdom and Captain Britain. It was a sleeper hit, if there ever was one. To me, it seems very much like the Agents Atlas from Marvel. You know, it was like that little little mini hit thing that now is turning into the mainstream books and and having more of a impact. Yeah, cool. It's because that's Marvel's better books right now. That's, you're right. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yes, it is. All right, boy. Before this merry-go-round starts to spin, and we're gonna get off <laughs> and say we'll see you next week. We'll, we'll be here the same time, same feed, same everything. So we'll see you. Bye. Boy. That's a horrible, horrible ending. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I like sounds from last week. Shut the goddamn thing off. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut it down, goddamn it. I'm tired of arguing. <laughs>